Hey, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. I'm your host and resident crappy Christian, Blake Guiche, and I'm so pumped to be bringing you season two of this show, packed full of more people telling incredible stories of who God is and what he's done. Today's interview is with Danielle Bayard Jackson. Danielle is a certified women's coach and author of Give It a Rest, A Case for Tough Love Friendships. Today, she's sharing super tangible and practical ways to approach difficult conversations and difficult friendships. This honestly might be one of our most tip-packed episodes yet, so you might want to have a notebook handy. Danielle, hey, thanks for coming on the show today. Of course, I've been listening for a while, so it's an honor to be here. Uh, Okay, I'm so excited. I am a huge fan of Danielle Bayard Jackson. We connected a while ago. I mean, it's been a few months now. I think so on Insta. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we got to actually like jump on a Skype call and have like just a conversation. It wasn't like it really even an interview. We were just kind of like, we got to just kind of talk, which was the best. I am just such a huge fan of like the way that you, the message that you're bringing to women, the way that you're equipping them to step into it. And so instead of me just like fangirling for 20 minutes, why don't you tell us about yourself and what you do? Sure. Um, I am a publicist by day and a friendship coach by night. And normally when I tell people I'm a friendship coach, they're like, that's cute. That's, you know, so <laughs> I recently started really owning that. But um, I, I actually spent the first couple years of my career out of college as a high school English teacher. And I noticed that between classes, after class, after school, in the hallways, I always found myself talking to my female students and they would talk to me about conflicts they were having in their friendships. So we chat about it and move on. And then when I switched careers and um, jumped into public relations and now have my own agency, I find myself somehow chatting with women about their issues with friends. And it's just like, you know, you could dismiss it as, oh, you know, my 16 year old students, of course they have drama, they're young. But then to see that a woman in her mid 40s, early 50s is still experiencing difficult situations with her girlfriends, it shows that there there are some themes here. And um, so when I looked into it, I looked into the whole coaching thing. And and then from there, I started researching to put a book together. And now it's a thing. So now with my movement, Give It a Rest movement, we host events, we write articles, we do coaching to help women who are having difficulties in their relationships with other women. Oh my gosh, it's so good. Because we talk a lot about that one of the enemy's biggest tools is division. Mm -hmm. And if he can get between women, if he can get between strong female friendships... Like, he loves that because together we're so much more powerful. We work so much better. We're so much more effective for the kingdom. And we, I have a previous episode with Kelly Needham. It was a, it was a while ago that we talk about, I think it was literally like when friendship is hard. Mm-hmm. And we talked about, you know, like difficult seasons of friendships in, from a biblical standpoint. And that is what we're going to do today. But we, you having the coaching aspect and having written a book and and you're part of a movement I think that this is a little bit more structured a little bit more tangible um which I'm all about so because you have 
essentially put together some really incredible systems and frameworks and tools to teach women, to, to coach women in this stuff. Yeah. And it's been helpful. I'm just like you, you know, I like the high level stuff. I like the conceptual stuff, but a lot of times after I hear, you know, a speech or a spiel, I'm like, okay, cool. Now what, what do Mm -hmm. I do? (laughs) Where do Mm -hmm. I start? So I I think we're the same in in that manner. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, yeah, I, I completely agree. And so the way we, we kind of wanted to set the foundation is to talk about what the Bible has to say about conflict with friends, because that's that's super important. We, we try to kind of use, we kind of try to use the Bible as the, the foundation of everything that we do. Um, but I think that, and it's funny, I was just having a conversation with a friend about this the other day, that this is one area that you aren't going to see a ton of people who are super theologically sound. Because a a lot of us are taught scripturally, it's like turn the other cheek, 70 times 7, like just take it kind of is like what we get taught in Sunday school. And that that doesn't feel very helpful a lot of the time. And so I know that there's more there. Yeah, I agree with you. And I've noticed that whenever there's any kind of application from the Bible to friendship, it's either just what you said, where it's just like endure suck it Mm -hmm. up and just endure. Or it's just like, you know, friendship is so great. It's such a gift. But what about those in-betweens when friendship is not so great? And do I need it? Do I not? How do I navigate conflict biblically? Is that, you know, uh, is that something that even goes together? So I totally agree with you that whenever we hear applications from the Bible to friendship, that sometimes it's, it's watered down and we don't get into that nuance. Mm-hmm. Yeah, completely. So, so school us, teach us about what does the Bible say about conflict between friends? Well, actually, the first time you and I talked and I was kind of picking your brain about some things, you were giving some great insights into how the Bible actually does outline exactly what to do mm-hmm. about conflict. Do you mind sharing what you were saying? Because I thought it was so rich about, you know, going to your brother first and having that conversation privately and then maybe taking it up a level. But the Bible, which is nice to see, um, does promote um, handling confrontation. And I think we kind of are so turned off by that word, or it sounds like, well, how can I be a Christian and confront? Mm. That doesn't even make sense. I don't want to be confrontational, but it's nice to know. And I think Matthew, I'm not the, you know, a scholar, but I think it's in Matthew and it walks us through exactly the three steps we're supposed to take when it comes to talking to a friend about um, the conflict that we're experiencing with them. Yeah, it does. It's in, uh, it's in Matthew 18. Um, and it's, you know, it's typically under the heading of like dealing with sin within the church a lot of the time. Um, a lot of the time church leadership will use this passage as as their framework for um, for dealing with with sin within their body, but I think that it is so applicable to conflict and 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 to difficult seasons within your friendships. But it basically says, you know, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If you li- if they listen to you, you have won them over. Like, <laughs> I feel like Jesus was like, guys, <laughs> this isn't that hard. Like, I mean, it's hard, but this should be relatively simple, right? Like. Your brother or sister hurts you, you talk to them, and you talk to them, just the two of you, and then it doesn't say if your brother or sister sins against you, you talk to all of your friends first, and then you go talk to them. Oh my God, you know? so true, <laughs> like, so true, and it, and it's so nice to see that, um, 
you know, Jesus can use conflict that emerges between us to sharpen us, to grow us, to convict us, to reveal things to us. Those are the things that emerge from conflict. And I think until we stop, you know, treating conflict as like a synonym for something bad, mm-hmm. if if we define it that way in our minds, then of course we will never try to figure out ways to navigate it because we're associating it with all things bad or being unladylike or, you know, being a witch. So we're like, Oh, I don't want to mess with that. But thankfully the Lord equips us by telling us different things we can say, do attitudes that we should adopt to do hard things the right way. Yes. I completely agree. And and like that, that passage continues with like, if they don't listen, you take two or three with you and then, and you, and you try to resolve it that way. If they still refuse to listen, you tell it to the church, but you know, and then that gets taken out of context that you like, that means you like bring them up on stage and you're like, Hey, like this guy did this. And like, that's, I don't think what Jesus meant. Like it, cause after it said that, it says like, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. Well, like if you look back on Jesus's ministry, like, those are the people he was hanging with. Those are the people right. he was eating with. Right. So people will take that whole, like, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector and to mean, like, you're dead to me. Like, you're out. And, and Jesus is like, no, they were, they were who I were, was ministering to. They were who needed me. Right? And so right. this is hard. And, and I feel like that that first step is hard, right? Okay, I'm going to I'm going to pray about it. I'm going to not talk to all of our friends about it. I'm just going to take it to this person. We're going to have a hard conversation. But man, that follow-up kind of command that Jesus is giving us, uh no, thank you, please. Like I right. like, <laughs> can I not? <laughs> right. Yeah, I I think no, I think we do um, think if he gave us a step-by-step with say this, like a script, say mm. this to her at this time, like, Lord, just tell me exactly the words to say, what time to say it. But you know what, honestly, for those areas where the Bible does not give an exact script, I think that's where you should have prayer and discernment. Mm. Lord, what do you want me to say? That's where it's about relationship. How would you have me to say this? Oh, you don't want me to talk to her right now? Maybe maybe justified in my Christian way. So we'll even kind of, what you said, take certain aspects of the Bible when it comes to confrontation and distort them to fit our own objectives. So we'll say, oh, yeah. you know what? I, I feel like the Lord wants me to call this out and her, you know, because it's wrong. <laughs> So I'm just going to call it out on her, but the Lord would want me to. And it's like this, it it becomes this self-righteous thing. And so sometimes, yes, he's given you the words to say and you know what to say, but it's the wrong time. Or you know what? You don't have the right um, motivations. You're trying Mm -hmm. to to call her out, not call her up. And that's a problem. Yeah. And I think that that whole, what you just said of like calling someone up rather than out, you know, there's that the, the scripture in Galatians six that talks about if someone has literally like done you wrong, right, which we're all going to experience, it says restore such a person with a gentle spirit. So it doesn't say like, and and I talked about this. I have a, I have a rant on my Instagram page. That's literally, it's called Bible bullies. Um, and it, it was, I was talking about people who use scripture to bully people mm. and that so often they are doing it and they're saying that like, this is just, this is truth and I'm trying to like pull you up. And like, there's a reason that the word gentle is in there. Now, do I think that like gentleness is necessarily required in every single uh, like use of truth? 
no. I mean, Jesus was very direct. I mean, he was probably gentle in his directness. He was very direct. He was very to the point. But I think in this case, what, what Paul is saying is, like, don't think that just because you're, like, telling them the truth, that that gives you a pass to hurt their feelings. Right. And I've seen things before that say, you know, to give the truth with both compassion, you know, so it comes with the truth and it comes with compassion because if you do it without one, then you're going to have a problem. So if I give tons of compassion, no truth, what is that worth? You know, just a yes Mm -hmm. man friend. But if I'm giving no, you know, all truth, no compassion, that's Mm -hmm. unattractive. So I don't even want to hear the truth that you're feeding me right now because you're so nasty and self-righteous about it. So it has to be um, a marriage between the two. I totally agree. Yeah. And I, the other thing I was thinking of about this is that, um, and I think we may have talked about this on Kelly's interview, but, but you earn the right to do this with people mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you earn the right to, uh, call them up and call them out essentially and, and tell them areas that you think they could be better. You earn that in people's lives and you earn that by being a faithful friend, being someone who encourages them, being someone who holds their arms up, like, being the good things, doing the good things that take an effort and that take time out of your day so that when you do spot these things and you call them out, that person's not like, where the hell did you come from? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Right, right. And maybe you've heard that metaphor before about the whole, you know, like you can't make the withdrawals until you've made the deposits. Mm. And, you know, it doesn't fit totally because I don't want to see, you know, a, a correction as, you know, taking away or detracting from. But if I haven't, you know, supported you in all these other things, then do I have the, uh, you know, emotional investment just yet to be yeah. able to come at you with something hard? Yeah. yeah. No, I completely agree. And I think that kind of leads us right into the framework that you've created, which is to identify whether or not it's appropriate to have that conversation. Right. So I created this framework based on all the other research I was doing based on, you know, how to confront, what to do psychologically, what do people respond to? So it's just an easy little uh, acronym and it's called set the mic. And um, I came up with a metaphor because I was actually in a band when I was in college. And that was the first thing we had to do before we, you know, performed was we had to set the mic. Why? So we had to make sure that all the instruments blended in harmony and that the audience could hear us clearly. And so it's the same concept. You have to quote unquote, set the mic with your friend to make sure you're in harmony and that they hear your message clearly. So if you kind of go through these things and you can confidently check, 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 check them all off, then you're probably good to go for moving forward. So the S and set the mic stands for solution. Is this even something that has a possible fix? Can it be corrected? So if I'm coming at you with something that's just like a complaint, but there's nothing you could do to fix it and it's not constructive, then I probably should not approach you with it. It might just be my hang up and my trigger, but it's not something we can solve. So the S is for solution. Is it even a solvable um, situation? Um, The E is for environment. So not just talking about like physically, are we talking in a space that's conducive to having a conversation, but is the timing right? Meaning is the timing right in the situation to come to you? You know, if I'm coming to you about, you know, you're, you're dating a guy and I think he's problematic, you know, it's probably not best for me to talk to you like right before your date with him or, you know, (laughs) things like that. Like what's the best time to have this conversation? Um, The T is for tone. 
So is your tone right? You might be correct in every single thing you say, but if you're still kind of sitting on some unresolved frustration with it and you have not prayed about it before, so you, you know, you're doing like the neck roll and the finger wave while you talk mm. to her, probably going to get in the way of a, of a very, um, justified message that you do have, but you're getting in your own way. The M is for motivation, which you spoke to earlier. So if there's any part of you that's like, I'm going to, I need to tell her about herself. Um, then you, that's a, that's a, that's a no, <laughs> that's mm-hmm. a no. Um, if it's any, anything other than I think this will help her, or I think this will bring us understanding that's what you should be aiming for. Um, so if your motivation and intentions aren't quite right, um, and sometimes we like to convince ourselves like we're doing the work of Jesus, like the Lord <laughs> wants me to, you know, like, girl, really explore that. And, and, see, and <laughs> let's, see really, let's really hang out at the M. Let's hang yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, let's let's assess that. Um, the I stands for investment, which we just talked about. Do you have the emotional bank? Uh, full before you kind of come out her with some takeaways. So that could be something like, let's say it's a, a coworker or a new friend. Maybe you need to kind of spend some time with her more one to get more understanding of the context of the situation before I bring something up because now maybe I understand things on a deeper level and there's no need to have the conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I'm meeting somebody for the first time, even if it is a, a glaring problem not necessarily a fault of hers but but a glaring issue i don't have the the emotional currency yet Mm -hmm. to be able to approach her because she's not going to listen because like you said she's going to have an attitude of i'm sorry who are you Mm -hmm. You and so and so now maybe you've made an enemy so maybe just hang back and make sure you have enough um currency stacked up in the friendship bank before you go and and do a quote-unquote call out and finally the c is for a capacity to receive is she in a place where she can even hear me right now. If I know that she's going to be super defensive right away for whatever reasons, maybe waiting for a moment in our friendship or a period in her life where she can hear me right now. If it's something where she's got things going on that would make her especially stressed or defensive, I she probably can't even receive my message right now. If her mind is, you know, wrapped in such a way about the situation where I can't even help her unravel her mm-hmm. thinking, then I, then, I mean, not what's the point, but it just not effective. Yeah. It might not be effective right now. Well, that's, that's incredible. I just took so many notes and we are going to actually, that's going to be, this is going to be a downloadable thing. We've like written it out. Um, so you can go to the show description and, and download that so that you can You can follow that and then it also has information on like how to find Danielle. So since you love this podcast, I wanted to introduce you to another one I think you'll really enjoy. Confidently She is hosted by the incredible body confidence coach, Rebecca Bickey, who is welcoming women into Christ-like confidence that does more than just make us feel good, but actually impacts the way we view ourselves and the way we interact with the world. Confidently She is a refreshing, consistent reminder that women are worth so much more than beauty and that our feminine hearts are an essential part of God's plan for the world. Check out Rebecca and listen to Confidently She anywhere you listen to podcasts. As you were going through this, another thing that kind of came to mind for me, Danielle, is like, so you're talking about it from coming 
to someone. But if I feel like if someone has come to you and it doesn't mm. feel great, that you could follow this too. Like that you could that you could go through this and be like, okay, she just came this to me with this stuff, but like there was no resolution. There was no solution. So that's that's not there. Like this environment wasn't great or God, her tone sucked or like, you know, what like you on the other side can run through it as well. I think it could serve both sides of a friendship. God, that's such that's such a great point, because when it comes to receiving a call out, it's like what you do. So you're right. Second, was she, you know, coming at me genuinely or she trying to call me out? You know, well, does she talk to you in a loving tone? You know, have y'all been friends for years? So she probably, you know, does have your best interests in mind. Right. If all those things check out the right way, then, yeah, maybe you need to, you know, humble yourself a little bit and, and mm-hmm. receive what she's trying to tell you. Oh, and that's what I was going to say is that I think either either use of this is going to require a lot of humility and a lot of honesty, like true, legit, because I love that you said motivation because I feel like that that whole list is kind of a motivation check, but it's a very mm-hmm. like well done detailed motivation check. But that yeah, that was so good. And, and like I said, like be, being someone who can sometimes be on the receiving end of those things, I have the big like bull in a china shop personality <laughs> type. Like I know I I'm working on it, but being on the receiving end of those things like this was good for my heart, too, to be able to be like, oh, like, there have been situations where a lot of these weren't present, and that that changes things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and it's I funny because, you know, as I was, you know looking up things and trying to make sure I touched on every factor when I put it together. It's funny because you can look at things academically and technically all day, but some of that has to emerge from the heart and personal Mm -hmm. experience. And it's funny because the year I spent, you know, doing some research for the book. Yeah. I can write about it high level for my research or I can also experience Mm -hmm. it. And it was funny because, you know, I had to really put it to the test for myself because during that year I'm going through my own friendship stuff or having a friend who said something to me sideways or, or, and all those things. And it was a moment to kind of put it to the test and to put the pen down and stop coming at things from like a technical perspective and be like, hold on, can I, can I really humble myself and do this right now? Um, so it was nice to be able to kind of put the research behind it and also have to kind of lift through it. So I could also speak to women from personal experience as well. Well, and that was going to be my next question was like, have you ever had to actually put this into practice? Because I mean, I've definitely been in situations where I had to do this. If I'm being totally honest, which is the essence of the whole podcast, more often than not, I'm on the receiving end of this. And that is not like a pity party thing, like at all. It's just that I don't take a lot of offense with a lot of things. Mm. And, but then I'm also highly offensive. So, (laughs) 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 so like, I really, I mean, there have absolutely been circumstances where I've had to be the one, like, doing this. And I look back on those times and I'm like, oh my gosh, I could have done that so much better if I had had (laughs) this framework. Oh yeah. I still have to kind of work on that. Honestly, especially like with my husband, he'll call me out and I have to, okay, let me apply the framework here. You know, we, we think so much about it, you know, in the applications outside of our home, but it's Mm -hmm. also helpful really just in every capacity. But, um, yeah, yeah. I've had to definitely go through those things myself. I have responded the wrong way several times. 
Um, and then having to come back and clean it up after, you know, you feel convicted. And I find myself, you know, through my Christian journey, you know, still doing some things I shouldn't, but the conviction is coming more quickly. So, mm-hmm. you know, either immediately afterwards, you're like, Oh my God, Lord, you know, and you, and I've had times where I just am like, ah, oh, Jesus, no, like, no, no. like so <laughs> mad about the conviction and, and, and using that to turn around and, and drive backwards, you know, one time and go back to the friend's house and be like, I'm so sorry. I mm. should not have said that. And my attitude's not even right. And, um, and, and it's just been really necessary for those who do kind of get the call outs when you're like, how do I deal with this? Um, a couple of things to kind of manage that better. One I would suggest is try to take the information your friend's giving you as data. Cause you know, I take things, you know, personally, I hate to say that, but sometimes I do. Sometimes I do. And so, you know, if you're an emotionally prone person like myself, sometimes it helps to take their message and don't see it as like an emotion pack thing, but seeing it as data. So if she's saying that I'm a little to this or a little to that, okay, interesting. That's data. That's something, that's information I can use to process. Do I need to pivot a little bit? Do I need to adapt some things? That's good information input. Um, kind of like a robot. Um, also kind of look at, you know, what we were talking about before, does she normally deposit? And that was just a withdrawal because if it was, it's probably not worth getting fired up. Mm. Uh, and when you do that, you can get to the point of appreciation. Like, you know what? Actually, thank you for, for saying that. You might not feel that way right away, but if you mm-hmm. realize, okay, she never comes at me with this stuff and she she finally is, that, that must have been hard for her. Man, maybe I can even have empathy for her. I appreciate that. Um, and then if you can't do that, one final suggestion would be to say, huh, okay, I didn't know you felt that way. You're going to have to give me some time to process that girl. Let me take a mm-hmm. minute. It's totally okay to say, to not have the response right away. But I think we want to keep the momentum going. She said something. So I got to say something. It's actually kind of, you know, something that might save you both to say, dang, wow, I didn't know you felt that way. You're going to have to give me a couple days because I don't even know how to respond to that. Yeah. No, I think really okay. I think that's like more than okay. I think it's super wise and like humble. Gosh, it's so humble. Because you can, you can get caught up in that tit for tat, mm-hmm. which is like, and, and I, <laughs> I have, I have done the tit for tat when someone was coming to me lovingly because mm-hmm. your, your pride stings, your walls go up and it's not even, I wouldn't even say that it's been a, a something where like, you don't even necessarily go on the offensive. Like you're not even necessarily like, well, you, da 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 da, da. you just are like, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Facial facial expressions don't uh they don't translate on a podcast, but like you know But if you guys could see your face right now, you'd be like, Oh yes, I've made that too. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, like you've done that too. And like that is getting like tied up in an emotional tit for tat and I just it doesn't accomplish anything, especially if the person has has come to you lovingly. But even if they haven't, like, even if they haven't come to you lovingly, it doesn't accomplish anything. And I think at the end of the day, one of the biggest hurdles and, and stumbling blocks to, I mean, we're just going to speak to female friendship here, mm. is pride. I mean, I think we are killing our friendships for the sake of our own pride. And I think the enemy loves that, you know, because he's he's pulling us apart. But 
not having to have the last word, not even not even needing to defend yourself. Like there's so much scripture about like that God will defend you. Like you don't have to defend yourself. That's so hard for me. <laughs> yeah, God, that's such a good point because um, I feel like keeping spiritual perspective is helpful in every way. So if she says something to you or you guys are going through a little riff, um, it's so tempting to stay on that level and to mm-hmm. think about, well, she's probably saying that because this, or I didn't and go back and forth, but to remember, you know what? Satan loves division right now and would, and would love for me to cut her off and yeah. to stop talking to her because yeah. she, you know, he would love that right now for you guys who normally pray together and support each other to stop talking. And, and I'm not going to give him what he wants. Sometimes maintaining that perspective, it's helpful to keep you doing the right things and, and to keep pursuing, um, peace and harmony with your friends. Yes. And, and, and I think it's about maintaining a spiritual type of perspective for sure. Yeah, I completely agree. I think there is a necessary caveat there, which everybody knows that I'm going to make. Which is, like, there are times when the best thing you can do is walk away. Mm-hmm. And I know that you're a champion of that. I know that you talk about that. Um, I had the author of When to Walk Away. It was just a few episodes before you. Um, Gary Thomas. I mean, I literally cannot suggest that, that book to anybody fast enough. I'd, I think I suggested it to you as well. You did, and I'm on, like, chapter four. So thank and you. And it's <laughs> wrecking you, I'm sure. Like, it's, it's so good. So good and so like I just I want like you know so often I think we apply that whole like that it's okay to walk away scenario to marriages like to you know abusive situations like it is okay to walk away from a toxic friendship hear us now like yeah yeah Absolutely. If you're trying to figure out, well, do I walk away or do I not, you know, first of all, yes, you're right. That book has been supremely helpful. Um, but just think about things like, is this a person who, you know, demonstrates jealousy? Like if I, you know, am I, is it okay for me to shine in front of her? Mm. You know, because Mm. we like to share like the vulnerable type stuff and like a fear. We're like, I think I'm scared of this. And we're like, it's okay, girl, you got this, but can I shine in front of her? You know, that's a part of being vulnerable. Can I say that, oh my God, I got another client or I got a promotion or I'm getting married. Can I say those things? And her be like, oh my God, I'm so happy for you because your win feels like my win. If she can't do that, sure, that might be a friendship you might need to be a little cautious of. You know, is she, you know, toxic in terms of, you know, completely not respecting your boundaries. Like she does something and you tell her that feels, you know, I don't know if that was cool. And then she does it again and does Mm -hmm. it again. And it's like, oh, sorry. I mean, those things might be indicators that maybe you don't need to pursue it and that's okay. Now, when it comes to having a heart to heart with a girl who is just your girl and it doesn't go well, it might be something that's a matter of time for people to get some perspective and you will find your way back to each other. Or it might be something where if there's, you know, gossip and and things like that, that are, you know, degenerative, you know, to you emotionally, it might be time to let it go. But, and I think you said this to me, like in an earlier call, you know, that's where you pray about things. And if you find that you have peace mm-hmm. and, and you said this to me in our first call, if you have some kind of confrontation and you're like, I don't think I can do this anymore. And you pray and you have peace about it, then you're, then you're okay. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. I completely agree. And I think that, Um, I talk a lot on my platform about fighting for friendship, and I think that that is important, and I think that that is how we love one another well, Um, but I think that sometimes it's okay to, like, lay down your sword, and sometimes it's okay to say, you know, like, I fought for this, and 
like either seasonally this isn't just this isn't a season for us to be super close or like forever like we need to not do this anymore um and like the reason that I'm so vocal about it is that I've gone through seasons of toxic friendship and didn't feel I felt like I had to stay in it like I felt like I had to keep Mm -hmm. getting beaten over the head with a two by four because there were no resources and so I'm so thankful for people like you and Gary Thomas and Kelly Needham who are having these conversations of like, no, 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 like you fight for friendship, you pursue peace, mm-hmm. but there also comes a point where enough is enough. Sure. Absolutely. So. And you know, the reasons we might, we might want to cut things off. It could be because of a, an ongoing fault or a mindset of hers. And sometimes it's not about the other person. Sometimes it might be about me. And, and I, I've noticed this a lot with, you know, Christians too, but sometimes, especially for those of us new to the faith or something like that, we'll have friends who maybe do not come along on that journey. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, Oh no, she's to this. She's to that. It could be because, you know, she's, she's fine but you are on, you're in another space. I'm not going to say level because that like implies a hierarchy. You're in another space. And because of your new boundaries or because of some of your um, temptations mm-hmm. and, and chains, you can't maintain the friendship. So maybe nothing's wrong with her and you tell her about herself, but the friendship itself, like the yes. pairing together itself is not good for you. Yes. Yes, I think that is such a good word. I think that's important too. Sometimes it's not, it's not one of us. It's just that that like we I I don't know when we decided that like when we stopped giving ourselves the the breath for things to be seasonal, and yeah. I am so guilty of that. I'm so guilty of this is forever. <laughs> this is forever. <laughs> this podcast right. is gonna live forever. I'm gonna have this job forever. Like I'm gonna right. have these friends forever, and like. It's just, like, not promised to us and also, like, not always super healthy. Right. And research, and I'm going to be a nerd and, like, go to my studies, but it supports that, too. So, the you know, research tells us that you replace half of your friends every seven years. So if you, if you look back to like, you know, for me, I'm, Oh God, I'm going to put myself, I'm 32. So if I do the math, you know, seven years ago, 25. And I think about like, I don't know, like my top six girls or whatever, three of them are completely like, they're Mm -hmm. like vapor. They're mm-hmm. like vapor. They don't exist anymore. So kind of knowing the facts, like, you know, you're going to replace half your friends every seven years. Hopefully knowing that gives you some peace when things don't work out to know yes. that it's just the nature of life. You can't. Now, if you yeah. have friends who are ride or die from the very beginning, that is very special. And yes. you hang on to you hang on to yes. that. So, yeah. Yes, completely agree. I love that. This is such a good conversation. And I know <laughs> there was so much more that we could have covered, but we've kind of run out of time, which I love when that happens. Um, so we will we'll do our rapid fire questions. Oh gosh. Uh, what's okay. your Enneagram type? Eight. Okay, I did know that. I think I knew yeah. that. Surely I knew that because <laughs> We had our very first Skype call and we were both like, are we best friends now? I think we are best friends. <laughs> because healthy female eights like need each other. Holy sure. cow. Sure. I was literally just talking in DMs with somebody the other day that was talking about how like she feels so different from everybody around her because she's an eight. And I was like, mm-hmm, I get that girl. You fine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Oh, that's a great question. Um, 
it's a little cheesy, but laughing with my baby, you know, my little baby, um, always, it doesn't matter how bad things are going yeah. Hear his giggle or something small like that is, is guaranteed to get me out of a bad mood. I love that. I'm the same way. I'm the same way. Honestly, I will like go in for a tickle attack just to make myself feel better, to be totally (laughs) honest. (laughs) And he might, I mean, my baby, he might be the source of the frustration in the first place. Yep. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yep. uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But the giggles get me through. The giggles get me through. Yeah. Amen. (laughs) Uh, What is the last thing you watched on TV? (laughs) Okay. Oh, okay. So for my, my sanctified holy saints, I'm sorry this is not like some biblical <laughs> thing, but there is this show called The Circle on Netflix, oh, and it's that. so dumb, and it's so good, and so I'm not recommending it, but you asked yeah. me the last one, but it's a nice, fun, like, social experiment on our attitudes with social media, oh. a cheesy reality show, yeah. You know what? We are just all about, <laughs> like, cheesy and fun around here, to be totally okay. honest, so okay. you're in good company. Danielle, this was such a good conversation. I kind of don't want it to come to an end. Um, tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can get hooked up with your services, all that kind of stuff. Sure. So I am on Instagram at girl, give it a rest because I say that all the time. So at girl, give it the rest is my personal Instagram. Um, and I try to drop friendship tips every now and then, but you know, for some of the research based stuff and coaching and all that, the Instagram is give it a rest movement. And if you're not on socials, that would be at give it a rest movement.com. Perfect. And we'll link to all of that in your show description along with that um, uh, set the mic uh, framework, which I think is so important. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Blake. I appreciate you. All right. That's it for this week. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Crappy Christian Podcast. And hey, by the way, if you super loved it, can you go leave a five-star review wherever you're listening? That'd be awesome. All right. See you next week. Mm -hmm.